Welcome to Healthcare Perspectives, a podcast by Siemens Health and Years about medical breakthroughs with a power to improve lives everywhere. Today, Siemens Health and Years President of Diagnostic Imaging, Andre Hartung, talks with radiologists Anders Persson and Fabian Bamberg about the potential of photon counting technology for computed tomography or CT. We'll also check in with Siemens Healthineers head of CT physics, Thomas Floor, the man behind this groundbreaking development. What we do not want to do is just provide another CT that produces somewhat nicer images. We want to provide a clinically meaningful tool that is able to influence and improve clinical decisions. And we'll visit Christian Schroeter at the Siemens Health News Crystal Center to follow the crystal components of the photon counting detector on their journey in production. Hello, I'm Andrea Hartung. For decades, CT scanning has been the method for visualizing and monitoring disease and injury. But there was a limit to what its images could show us. Photon counting has revolutionized the field of CT. With this new technology, we get precise images of inside the human body. This feat has taken us many years to accomplish. And even though the path to its success could not always be smooth, The work with our partners during its development always made me confident in its clinical value. A value that we are already witnessing today. How did our researchers come to develop a game changer in technology that, as Thomas Floor puts it, doesn't merely produce nicer images, but makes a real difference to radiologists and patients? My first guest is Anders Persson, professor of medical image science senior radiologist and head of the Center for Medical Image Science and Visualization at Linköping University in Sweden. I began by speaking with him about earlier commercial scanners. CT scanning has been essential to patient diagnosis and monitoring. But before this revolution, what were the scanner's limitations? I saw the first CT scanner on the 8th January 1975, so it's quite many years ago. If you compare with 50 years ago, it's a huge difference. I remember when we started to do cardiac scans, O2, we had a four-slice scanner, and it took four to seconds to scan the patient, and it was really complicated to hold the breath for four to seconds for the patient. Now we can see much more details and regarding cardiac scans, You can get functional information from the heart. We're trying to simulate the flow around the, the valves in the heart. So we hopefully can do things we have never done and never seen. It's a quantum leap, I think, for the patient, for the hospital, for the taxpayers, for everyone. To acquire this information from a CT scanner, Thomas Floor's research team needed to get granular. This meant investigating an infinitesimally small unit of light, the photon. But what exactly are photons? And how has counting them led to such impressive changes in the image? Thomas explains. Light can be considered as a stream of particles. 
and these particles are called photons and these photons are the smallest units of light or other forms of radiant energy. And that's the same for X-rays. X-rays are just a form of light. Current CT scanners use energy integrating detectors, which measure the collective signal of many photons rather than counting them individually. If you think of a very, very simple picture, then think of an X-ray tube as a watering can and the X-rays are the water drops that come out of the shower head. The resulting image can be considered a bucket that catches these water drops. So we just fill this bucket with water. A conventional detector can only measure how much water is in this bucket. With photon counting, however, we can count individual photons. These are the water droplets in Thomas' analogy and we can count them at speed. A photon counting detector can tell us, okay, there are five liters of water, but these five liters consist of 135,000 individual water drops. And a photon counting detector can tell us the size of each individual water drop. So it can give us much more specific information. By counting these photons, this technology considerably improves the image from the CT scan. Because the different tissues in a human body, they absorb the X-rays with different energy in a different way. A conventional detector just gives you the overall X-ray absorption. So like a black and white film. It just tells you how bright the light was at a certain pixel in the image. The photon counting detector now tells you also the color at that specific pixel. So just by looking at the different X-ray absorption at the different X-ray energies, at the different X-ray colors, gives you an indication of the materials the human body is made of. Muscle absorbs X-ray differently from bone and from fat tissue and from tumors. And because of this, each element will show up differently on the scanner. This can be used for much more refined applications that give you then the means to better characterize diseases, to better characterize certain tumors in organs, to tell if an organ or if parts of an organ are supplied with blood or not, to just improve differential diagnosis. In earlier scanners, calcium buildup in foreign bodies, such as stents in arteries, would feature in images as blooming artifacts which is a term we use when elements on the CT image appear larger than their actual size. Blooming artifacts skewed the resulting image and made it much harder to diagnose a patient's condition accurately. The increased accuracy of photon counting now lets us see the size of the true lumen of arteries in an image, as Anders Persson explains. When you look into the coronary arteries, you can see the plaque components. You can see if it's a calcium or it's other type of tissue. And you don't have this blooming artifact from calcium. Normally, it's quite 
fluffy, you know, the, the calcifications look much bigger on the screen than it does in the real world. You can see the Lumina really well. You see the IV contrast only, and then you can tell, no, this is not significant. We wait, we don't do anything. These sharper visuals mean that radiologists can be more precise in their diagnosis and potentially reduce the number of unnecessary exams for patients. You don't need to send patients unnecessary to the cath exams. 50% of all the cath you do, it, it's unnecessary. It's really a costly exam, and there are also risks with this exam. It's invasive. Often you need to stay at the hospital one day also. Photon counting CTs are also good news for both very old and very young patients, and those who might have been previously excluded from the procedure due to the risk from radiation. How do you see photon counting impacting the dose levels being applied? It will be lower, absolutely. When we started to do clinical cardiac scans for the coronary arteries, it's almost soon 20 years ago, it's around 22 millisievert in, in those for one exam. And now it's maybe one or below one millisievert. So it's a huge difference. You can have much, much better images with the same dose. The same low radiation dose, you can get much, much more clinical information out. So that's important for the patient. We can use this clinical information alongside other diagnostic tools to help predict a tumor's likelihood of developing into a dangerous growth. Some such tools are biomarkers. Can you give me a little bit of your outlook into the future when it gets to photon counting, AI, and biomarker research? There's quite a lot of studies that has shown that you can predict if a certain type of chemo will affect the patient only from the CT image. You can use the genome, you can use the patient record data, liquid biopsies, so you have a blood sample from the patient to combine that with the data from the scan data and hopefully predict if a treatment is going to work. The next step in the future will be use small, small robots like nanoparticles. They are so small you can't see it with your eye and you can send them in and they can do things in the body and you can see them then with photon counting CT. You can steer them to uh, a tumor, for instance, and then you can see it, you treat it only there, and then you can skip all the other adverse events that you will have when you treat patients with, with the conventional stuff you have. For instance, we can inject a tumor directly in a theranostic procedure, a combination of therapeutics and diagnostics. You can also use up to three different types of contrast agent at the same time and color code them. That's not possible with the conventional scanner. It's like you have a color image, so to say, for in the brain and, you know, instead of a grayscale image. And that's extremely important for the clinician because it's, it's easier for the clinician to explain for the patients why they need to operate and, and explain also pro and con with a, a, a treatment. Nevertheless, Anders Person notes that some work remains ahead of us. The hound's feet value which is used to calculate the water, air, and blood composition of body tissue and tumors, is crucial to monitoring tumor growth. And yet, even with photon counting CTs, this value is still not 100% accurate. It is one of the many challenges that Anders Persson's research team is tackling at Linköping University's Center for Medical Imaging, Science, and Visualization. 
At the center, Anders is also using photon counting scanners to train the next generation of radiologists. If you open an anatomy book, everyone looks the same, but in the real world, it's not so. We have a virtual reality theater in, in the center of CMIV. It can be up to 100 people. We have big pictures of the body on the clinical 3D CT images uh, on the walls that we have spotlights on. And then we have a massive, really, really high res wall. And we can go through the body in real time in 3D. And I can show them that everyone is, it's different inside. We go in to see how far it is, the distance between the sternum, the, the bone hair and, and the heart and the spine. This is the future. It's a good feeling for me also just to show what we can do today. And Radioli is not dead. So why did the development of photon counting scanners take so long? Part of the problem lay in the time it took to grow the crystals at the quality required for use in the detector. These crystals are a compound of cadmium and tellurium, Thomas Floor explains. When we started with the development of photon counting CT 20 years ago, then we were quite aware of the potential benefits of these detectors. But unfortunately at that time, there was no detector material available that could meet the high requirements of medical CT. These requirements are quite tough. These crystals need to tolerate a quite high X-ray fluence rate. They need to be very homogeneous. They need to be produced in a very reproducible way. And we need to produce large crystals. So a CT detector is quite big. So we need to cover large areas with these crystals. And all this was not available 20 years ago. To help us understand how these crystals are created, here is Christian Schröter. I'm project leader for Eichheim for our crystal growth project. I'm responsible for everything related to the direct conversion material, which is the core part of our new technology. To make the crystal suitable for photon counting detectors, the crystal center at Forchheim had to ensure the integrity of the materials. In a crystal, basically every atom has its place. If the crystal lattice is disturbed, then the crystal will not have the properties that we need for counting CT. So for that reason, it is important to reduce purities to an acceptable level. And that is only controllable by the process parameters of our crystal growth. Crystals take three months to grow. This might sound a long time for an industry focused on technology and efficiency. So it's worth noting that in nature, crystals of the same compound material would take three million years to grow. The material is further purified during our in-house processes of crystal growth, where you cannot detect the impurities directly anymore. What you need as a starting material is cadmium and tellurium, both very high purity level. Cadmium is not rare, actually that's quite abundant. Tellurium, it's a different story. It's about same uh, rarity as gold. So uh, you can imagine it's not so easy to get. Fortunately though, it's a byproduct of copper refinement, for example. Several steps are necessary to grow the crystal. 
first thing you do is you have to clean the outside of all the materials inside our lab. To their cadmium and tellurium mix, the team then adds their secret sauce. This is a little bit like the Coke recipe. We keep it as a secret exactly what it is and it's very small quantities, but it's essential for the final quality of the crystal. If you just put cadmium and tellurium together, just the electrical properties that you need will not be met. We are talking about very small quantities here, which can have a great impact. The next step requires the team to coat their ampules. These are large oblong glass containers with carbon. It's another protection layer during temperature treatment. Inside these ampules, they pack their cadmium and tellurium elements along with the secret ingredient before heating them in an exothermic reaction. And then we're going to the next step, which is our actual traveling heater method approach to grow cadmium telluride. This process takes almost three months. And what happens there is every atom has enough time to find its place and you are growing the perfect crystal. This entire process takes a small army of skilled workers. Physicists, chemists, mechanical engineers, furnace designers, and crystal growers. Earlier, Anders Persson touched on the kinds of data that we can now amass with photon counting CTs. But what happens when we have all these data? And how can we rise to the challenge of processing information at such quantity? This is where I pick up the conversation with my next guest. We are interested basically in the digital information that is generated by the detector itself. This is Fabian Bamberg. I'm the chair of the Department of Radiology here at the University Center at the University of Freiburg in Germany. Fabian Bamberg's department forms one-third of the PC3 Photon Counting Consortium, which addresses the potential of this technology in a clinical environment. Established in 2021, the PC3 comprises the University Hospitals of Mannheim, Tübingen and Freiburg. The PC3 is currently investigating how the vast amount of information that photon counting CDs produce can be managed. What is your experience and, and how do you deal with that? You know, the world nowadays is very complex in, in modern medicine and information on characteristics of disease processes are so important that all information that we can get of a disease state is, is critical for decision making. So just um, adding more information on what we see and what the disease represents will be essential to just make better diagnosis, predictions and disease characterization. I think what we need right now is uh, computer power and computer facilities that help us in managing those pieces of information. And even at the scanner itself, we're not even fully exploiting all the features that are available on the scanner just because the technology itself is not fully ready yet. So we are working on it. We had to upgrade our server system here in Freiburg just to be able to handle it. And we are currently installing um, even advanced hardware just to be able to manage all of this. Fabian echoed Anders Persson's comments that processing these data is the next crucial step in our research and development. 
that's really the current limitation that is limiting the, the widespread use. We need a helpful hand by things such as artificial intelligence just to be able to sort information, make that perhaps visible, prioritize information, and then perhaps also find a way how to get that into an integrated state. And this is to say nothing of the potential burden that the digitalization puts on radiologists. It's not that everybody who is a trained radiologist has a deep insight into digitalization. So you are responsible for teaching your entire staff. What kind of a challenge is that? And then how do you, how do you handle that? We are one of the largest hospitals here in Germany. And obviously we have a huge load of young radiologists being trained and we try to expose them as early as possible to new technologies so that they get acquainted with the recent developments. And I think the curiosity that drives radiology, has been driving radiology, is also important for our folks here and our trainees. I also wanted to know Fabian Bamberg's view on how photon counting CT could help to push research further. What is your view on uh, photocounted CT in the context of biomarker research? Biomarker information, I think, will be essential and will help us in really guiding us towards personalized medicine where radiology needs to be a central part. I think the, the field has been developing quite substantially because initially we perceived imaging information and, and images as, as something purely diagnostic. And we said, you know, there's disease and there's no disease. But we learned over the years that, you know, imaging is just providing a set of information on status of diseases or normal physiology. And then we have a gray zone where we don't really understand what, what is in between, you know. So learning that there's a gradual increase of pathology over time We need to put that into a context of many, many other information that become available and really characterize the disease more accurately. Fabian is optimistic about the future of photon counting in a clinical environment. I think the likelihood that the new technology will be cost-effective also in different clinical settings is, is very, very high. For instance, for cardiac imaging, there's still a high proportion of patients that cannot be sufficiently imaged by CT, but that potentially would really benefit from the technology. And those patients are currently referred for invasive angiography with really increased cost and, and risk associated with it because of an invasive procedure. So if those, for instance, would end up being similarly or better managed by using photon counting technology, I mean, that's an easy calculation. and. I'm sure that research will demonstrate that such a photon counting technology CT non-invasive intervention would be cost-effective for those patients. Challenges like the ones my guest outlined are a necessary part of any new technology's development. For us, sharing ideas with external institutions and partners is critical for progress clinical partners like Fabian Bamberg or Anders Person, they are really essential for us so that we can fully realize the clinical potential of this new technology. And these clinical collaborators also help us focus on those areas where significant clinical impact is expected. They also provide us with feedback 
that is more short term that helps us improve our system and our algorithms. It took Thomas Flohr's team two decades to get to where we are today. Of course, what excites us most of all about photon counting technology is its clear immediate benefits to the people who need CT imaging as part of their diagnosis. Photon counting scanners reduce the risk of radiation for patients, and they also produce clearer images. Images that will help radiologists accurately identify the signs of illness and disease before they have the chance to develop. You've been listening to Healthcare Perspectives, a podcast by Siemens Health and Ears. We pioneer breakthroughs in healthcare for everyone, everywhere. Subscribe to us to always get the latest episodes in your podcast feed or visit siemens-healthandears.com slash podcast for more. The opinions expressed by the guests and contributors in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Siemens Health and Ears. The products and features mentioned in this podcast are not commercially available in all countries. Their future availability cannot be guaranteed. The statements by Siemens Health and Ears customers described in this podcast are based on results that were achieved in the customer's unique setting. Since there is no typical hospital and many variables exist, which include but are not limited to hospital size, case mix, and level of IT adoption, there can be no guarantee that other customers will achieve the same results.